Good evening. This is Victoria with Heart and Soul Dog Training and Hope Service Dogs. And I'm here to talk to you tonight about the parks, which if you live anywhere in Florida or maybe across the U.S. or maybe around the world, you know what I'm talking about. I'm talking about Disney, Universal, SeaWorld, Bush Gardens. Like, there's a reason I live in Florida, guys, and this is it. So we went this weekend. On Saturday, we had a trainer client friend come down from Savannah, Georgia, and we took Siren out to Brownwood and worked her. Now, what's Brownwood? What park is that? Yeah, it's the villages. It's not really a, a big amusement park unless you live here. Uh, but we worked her there. And she needs to do some more public access training before she goes to Disney and Universal again. Now, she had gone to both. I think both. I'm pretty sure she had done both of them uh, whenever she was younger. But with me being gone for two months, she just she just needs to, to do more, which is fine. That's not a problem. And it usually happens. That's why we are such fanatics about getting the puppies out early. If we get them out early, then we can have this time where they're home and then we can start their big boy training, their big girl training around six months old. And then they're ready for everything. And everything's going just according to plan, which is what we like. I like it when that happens a lot. Okay. So we have that. Uh, next is the, uh, what we did Sunday. So that was Saturday. Sunday, we went to SeaWorld. Now we had done this last year. So this is only my second time being at SeaWorld. And I love SeaWorld. Last time we took uh, Holstein and Candy, and this year I didn't take you, Lucy. I didn't take Lucy. She didn't come with me. Um, this is Lucy, who we're waiting on her to uh, to come into heat. Uh, we are super excited. It's not time yet. We progesterone tested her as soon as I got back from Missouri because she's a little poofy in the back, and I'm hoping it was on the coming into heat and not coming out of heat. And so we had to progesterone test her. So we just wanted to do a follow-up with Karen. So far, we're good. So yeah. But uh, like I said, I, I didn't want to take Siren. So it was Gypsy and then it was uh, Ross is who Karen took instead of uh, last year. It was Candy. She's still recovering. She's doing very well. And it was Holstein. We were uh, debating about Holstein. Holstein decided he wanted to stay here at the ranch. So he stayed here. Luke stayed here with everybody. He was in charge. Diana came out. So Diana and Siren played all day. Fluffy was out here for the day. Uh, Holstein was out here with Zoe. They kind of walk around and those little young whoopersnappers, you know, for the dogs. So we, we went, we got to SeaWorld. Uh, last year, I didn't have my wheelchair. So last year we ended up renting a chair. This year we brought my wheelchair. And we also had the big uh, Sprinter van, the Mercedes Sprinter. So that made it a lot easier to travel with everything. Uh, we did, let's see, we did the dolphin show. That was fun. Um, it was neat watching. I couldn't hear a word that they said because whenever you're coming into the stadium area, they have a little veer off on either side for uh, the disabled seating. So that's where we sat. So it was way easy for the dogs. They didn't have to worry about steps of course you know they didn't have to worry about looking down and seeing all this weird stuff they were on the ground floor and not in the splash zone but because of how the speakers were set up i couldn't hear a word that was said uh about the show which is fine she just laid down and slept ross just laid down and slept it was really nice 
So we did that. Uh, we did the sea lion show. Uh, the sea lions were super cute. I had never seen either of those shows. Well, like I said, we had only gone last year and we had seen the orca show last year. So this year we saw that. Uh, we we snuck in one of the little aquariums that they had to see, and we checked out the Pacific Point area, which is where you feed the sea lions. So for the sea lion show, the disabled section is almost at the top. So you go up this big ramp. So Gypsy came with me up the big ramp, and and then you sit up there. So you you have a nice view of everything, and she slept through most of it. Uh, and and like I so said, we left and we go over to the sea lion area where you're standing there's you know the fence the glass fence uh and then there's all the seals and sea lions that was my favorite part where the seals and sea lions they so reminded me of the dogs you know not just their snout but just their some of their mannerisms uh they're the puppies right so we we're going around watching them and the seals are quiet and they're nice and the sea lions are loud and obnoxious and ar, 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 and I loved every second of it. So we, uh, they were saying they had uh, treats there that we could buy. And it was fish. It was fish in a cardboard, like if you'd pick up a hot dog out, you know what you'd get it in. Uh, so, so we got those and Gypsy was very happy about the smell of, of gross fish. And we... We went around and Rich, I told him, I'm like, feed him. And he's like, well, you feed him. I'm like, your hands are already gross and fish smelling because you've touched them. So I videotaped him feeding them and it was super fun and, and it was great. And so Gypsy got to just practice her, her sit, stay, down, stays, and she got to watch them. So we do like to show the dogs, you know, the different animals uh, and, you know, like let them see there's more to it than just them. So, so she did get to watch them. She kind of smelled through the glass, through the plexiglass a little bit. Uh, she liked it. It was great. I would go there and hang out for the whole day. Uh, we saw the penguins. Now, going into the penguin area, it's super cold. And it's a little bit, so they have the ride, and the ride was closed, so you just kind of walk through, and then they put you into the penguin area. And you can stay as long as you want to, but it's really cold. Uh, at first, she was a little bit, I don't want to say startled, but just a little bit confused, maybe. And I don't know if it's because it was so cold in there or because it did smell very fishy or because penguins were something she's never seen before. Because like I said, last year it was candy. But she, uh, we did watch those and, and she, she chilled after, but that was actually the first one we had gone to go see were the penguins. Uh, she, was, she was then like, oh, okay, yeah, this is what we're doing today. You're not going to throw me in with them? Okay, we're good. Uh, but they're, they're fun. Now the doorways, this is where you have to watch the doorways going in if you're not doing the ride and then exiting are a little strange with service dogs. They're two, they're like normal house doorways. So being in the chair, she has to go and walk behind me to get through, or she has to go in front of me, but she cannot go in beside me. And then exiting, they had the door, the handicap buttons. And then they had a green button. It said you have to push the green button to open the door. So we pushed the green button. It didn't open. We pushed the green button. And then we pushed the, the disabled button. Didn't work. So I don't know what was going on. But we couldn't get out. So luckily, Karen Barry uh, were there. Rich was still looking at penguins. So uh, they were open, able to open the doors for me. Because if not, you know, like, you'd still be sitting in there. I'd still be sitting in there saying, hey, somebody open the door for me, please. Uh 
And then we did, like I said, the seal lion, we did the dolphins, we saw the penguins, we saw the sea lions. It was, it was super. Uh, we really enjoyed it. And the dogs did very well. We tired Ross out, which it's not easy to tire out a Malinois. Can I help you with something, Luce? <laughs> Lucy keeps coming up to say hi. She wants to make sure we get her good side and that people get to see her today, right? Uh, it's an easy park. SeaWorld's an easy park for the dogs. Uh, we did have booties on them and for them, and we do water breaks. So when we do water breaks at the parks, anytime one of us goes to the bathroom, we do a water break. Anytime we sit down to eat, we get at least, at least one cup per dog of water for them that we don't feed them in the restaurant unless we're sitting outside. But even then, we wait until we exit, and then we go to a grassy area, and we let them drink there. Uh, but like I said, the bathroom... I always water them in the bathroom because the water's right there and they can drink as much of it as they want to. Uh, and then, like I said, the, the booties, yes. Uh, giving them break time, yes. Like I said, we saw the penguins where they got to take a break, the sea lions, the sea lion show, the dolphin show. So they got plenty of breaks. No, you've got to get down there. Go get a toy. Oh, did your baby steal your toys? Siren's over there and she has the toy that Lucy was just playing with. Okay, that's enough. So we uh, we enjoyed that. The dogs were done. We were done. That's a long day for us there. Uh, and we wanted to make sure that we, uh, we were able to get done what we wanted to get done. We were thinking, do we want to stay and do the orca show? But, you know, Karen and Barry have a two-hour ride home. Ours, it's only an hour, and then they load up their dogs, and then they head home, and then they still have the puppies at home. So it was, it was easy. Uh, it was crowded. Uh, we went Sunday, apparently Saturday it was more crowded, but uh, everyone wore masks. They had the mask police going around. Um, they were in costume and they had signs and, you know, so many people walking around. Now, if you're going to go to a park, understand that you're at a park with people from all over the place and wear your mask over your nose. It is not a chin diaper. Don't consider it a chin diaper wearing it like this underneath your chin. Put it over your nose. Having it with your nose sticking out over the top of it doesn't work. So if you're going to go to the parks, don't try to be sneaky, sly, and do it that way. You know, do it the right way. Wear your mask the right way whenever you do that. Okay, that's that's my biggest pet peeve from that. And it has nothing to do with what, what uh, they could have done better. They did everything the best of their abilities uh, with people. You know, and walking around, we heard a lot, you know, can you pull your mask up? I love that you're wearing a mask. Can you pull it up? And it's true. You need to pull your mask up whenever you're out at the parks like that, you know? Uh, so we did that. And then our goal was to get to Universal on Monday. So they have the two or three open houses for the Halloween Horror Nights. Uh, over in the Universal Studio side. So Universal, you get in, there's the parking garage, there's the City Walk, and then there's Islands of Adventure and Universal Studios. And Universal Studios is usually not busy unless they're having an event. And then that's the busy side. So usually that's where we start. We get the nice globe pictures. We didn't do that. This time instead, we went over to Islands of Adventure because everyone's going to City to the other side. They're going to uh, Universal because of those haunted houses. Uh, so we went over to Dr. Seuss area, but I'm getting ahead of myself. 
we arrived. This time she brought Fluffy. Karen brought Fluffy, and again, I brought Gypsy, because we like to have an adult who's done it before with us. So we get there, and we park. We have to park. First, there was a problem with the parking, okay? Like, we'll go back to that. There's a problem with the parking. We get to the, you know, the parking structure, right? Because valet parking is no longer available. And that's what we always used to do is valet parking because it was so nice and so easy with the dog, so convenient. We get there and no, they can't, they, they can't do Karen's because she forgot her license and her other pants. And then they can't use my card. So we're having a problem getting in. Finally, they say, well, you can't park in the special universal pass holders area. And we said, yeah, we know we have to park on the ground floor. No, I have to send you over to Volcano Bay, which is their water park. We said, what? Yeah, I have to send you over there because the van's very tall and, and you, you won't do clearance on the normal parking structure. And we said, we just, we, we brought the van here numerous times before. We just park on the first floor. No, I, I can't let you do that. You have to park over in Volcano Bay. So we kind of, uh, you know, showed the, um, the handicap placard and we said, Where, where, where's the Volcano Bay? We're going to City Walk. Can't we park in City Walk? We have a handicap placard. I don't want to do extra walking. I'm, I can't transfer to a bus. You know, I'm not dealing with that to get over, you know, like, just let us, is the downstairs full? No. Well, I mean, I guess, I guess you could go and park on the first floor. So she lets us through. We snake our way around. We get to the first floor, which is what we normally do. We parked where we normally park and we have to take elevators up to the, uh, the security check and the temperature check area. So we go up and we are, we're walking to get to the temperature check area. Now, because Fluffy is like four and a half months old, he is in a stroller and he's in a stroller for a number of reasons. He's in a stroller because it's easier. <laughs> That's the big one. It's easier. Even if we're just there for 10 minutes, it's 10 minutes of him walking, walking through the parking structure, walking everywhere where people are walking, where gum is being dropped. We don't want to do that with him. So this way he gets to sit up a little higher instead of just seeing people's feet and ankles. He gets to see a little bit more. It's easier on his joints. He shouldn't be walking a half hour on concrete at this age. Uh, you know, he shouldn't be walking 15 minutes probably on concrete at this age. I have to look up and see what he should be walking at this age. But we don't want him walking on concrete for the length of an outing like that. You know, I tell people walk in mulch, dirt, sand, grass not on concrete and change it up so you don't hurt your dog's joints. And that's a big one. Uh, it's hot. You know, we don't have little tiny small dog booties and he can, he can be in there. Then we're not going to have people stopping us. Oh, it's a cute little puppy. Can I say hi to the cute little puppy? We're not going to have people, uh, you know, tripping over him, stepping on him, kicking him. You know, it's for safety. He was quiet as a mouse. He didn't bark. He didn't whine. He didn't do anything the entire time. He was a perfect true gentleman. He, we put a frozen water bottle in there to help keep him cool. Uh, he gets water breaks. He gets to come out. Uh, Karen had him on her lap uh, after we were done at Starbucks, you know, just to socialize him so he can see the world. Uh, we got him out a few times. He walked a few times. We brought him over to the potty area. You know, he got to explore. He got to go on the carousel. We went over to the Seuss area. So the potty area over there to the carousel we went on. Uh, there's uh, Cat in the Hat Ride, which 
is you're in a car and you go through the cat in the hat story and it kind of spins you around a little bit. It's fun. I like it. Uh, and that one's dog friendly. So we brought the dogs on there and then we went, they have a train up in the sky. So it's like a very slow rail, um, roller coaster. That's what it's kind of like. And it's, a, <laughs> I'm going to, I can't believe I'm saying this, but it's a little bit scary for me because I don't like roller coasters and you're like over the, the little lake and you're up in the air and you know, if you do Epcot's Spaceship Earth, the big golf ball, you know, you're not on a track, you're on a road. So that's fine. But this one, you're, you're, you're on a track. So I, I'm not super wild about it, but I do it because it is an adventure. It is good for the dogs. So we, uh, we, we brought Fluffy on all three of those, on the carousel, on the cat in the hat ride, and on the train in the sky. Uh, we had lunch, and that's whenever I snapped the picture of him in his uh, in his little stroller there. And he was kind of up at the front of it, like, are you going to feed me? You guys are eating. I'd like some food, too. He's so silly. But he did absolutely amazing. I think for him, this was the best puppy outing that we've had. Uh, and he has a fantastic temperament and disposition. He is fantastically wonderful. Uh, we So anyway, we're, we had the stroller. We get the stroller, we're walking, and they have to scan your temperature. Okay. The guy stopped. I, I went through with Gypsy, not a problem. The guy stops Karen and says that the dog can't come through. And she says he's a service dog in training. Now, for background info, we had reached out to Universal over the summer before we brought Siren and Diana for the first time. And we let them know that we are a dog training uh, organization and a nonprofit. And we train service dogs. And we would like to bring them to the parks. And, you know, the state of Florida does allow service dogs in training. A lot of people think it's the ADA that allows service dogs in training. The ADA does not address service dogs in training's accessibility. But the state of Florida does. And the state of Florida says you can bring your service dog in training anywhere you can bring a fully trained service dog. It does not say service dogs in training are six months of age and older. It does not say service dogs in training must have this or that or the other. And so the fact that we had him in a stroller means if he would have an accident, which we've done Diana in, in there a few times, Diana and Siren in there a few times, him in there, not once have they had any accident whatsoever in the stroller. But if they did, that would be our mess to clean up. They're not pooping and peeing, you know, in the middle of the walkway. So it's actually healthier and more sanitary to have them in a stroller whenever we are out. But anyway, we, we said, no, you know, not only is it okay for them to be in a stroller and in, well, for the service dog and training to come in and he says, oh, the dog's fine, but the stroller can't come in. Why? Um, it just can't. Okay. Um, the dog can't be in the stroller. So Karen takes the dog out and walks with them about 20 feet and is pushing the stroller. And the guy says, no, you can't even have the stroller here. And Karen says, you know what? We're going up to the, uh, the security, you know, because they have, uh, you go through the metal detectors to get in. And there's always security guards there. And they always ask us, you know, about the dogs being service dogs. So she says, we're going up there. If they have a problem with it, they can tell me. He goes, no, you have to put it out in your car. And she says, yeah, that's not happening. So she walks with him and I said, put him back in the stroller. You know, there's no sense him getting tired out walking by a moving walkway, you know, like let him get tired out walking and doing fun stuff. 
So we put them back in. We go over there and our friend's waiting for us. Bailey. Remember Bailey? Who I had with me in uh, Missouri. Bailey and, and her owner were waiting for us. And as we approach, the owner says, I already talked to them. I answered the two questions. They know that the dog's good. We're good. I said, perfect. And then she said, and I forgot my phone in the car. You know, can you hold on to Bailey so I can go and get my phone? And I said, most definitely. So I, I hold on to Bailey. So I have Bailey and Gypsy and I put them both in a down and I sit down to Gypsy and Bailey popped down right away. So it's good to know that that training is holding up, right? And again, they had a problem with the stroller. So much so that an Orlando Police Department officer came over and so you can have the stroller in here. We said, why? He goes, well, because dogs aren't allowed in here in strollers. And we said, he is a service dog in training. He is young, but he is a service dog in training. And he said, no, um, they're not allowed to have be in the strollers. The service dog's allowed, just not in the stroller. And I said, is this a new rule? Because we had them in, in July and it wasn't an issue. And he said, no, it's always been a rule. They just weren't enforcing it. Okay. So how you know so i'm looking up the service dog frequently asked questions put out by the ada in which it states that yes while i'm paraphrasing now right while yes it usually is four on the floor it's perfectly acceptable to be have a dog in a carrier or in a sling now here's the problem with those is they can hurt the dog's back and the dog's heavy and it's hot so a stroller for us is easier and there is no problem having a service dog in a stroller the problem is putting a pet dog in a stroller and trying to sneak it in right but we have the service dog stuff on there we have a couple bandanas maybe we should get some patches or something karen said we need to sew something on there so people are more aware instead of just having the the service dog harness in the bandana on it and i mean heck if i wanted to go on my own and push an empty stroller through the park that's not an issue so i said you know that's wrong <laughs> he says, well, I'm going to have to call my supervisor. And I said, okay. So he calls his supervisor and he's like, my supervisor's coming over. And I'm like, okay. Uh, supervisor comes over. He said, is that a service dog required because of a disability? What task or work has the dog been trained to perform? Now, those are the only two questions that they can ask. So I answered for myself. We answered for Bailey. And then we answered for the puppy, which he's in training. He's not fully trained um, and he will do, you know, mobility and uh, food detection. Oh, okay. Yeah, you can come through. I said, you don't have a problem with the stroller? And he said, no. And I said, well, you're going to have to inform that guy there and the guy. And I pointed the direction we had come, the temperature guy back there, because they both seemed to have a problem with the fact that we had the service dog in training in a stroller. I didn't say the dog in the stroller. I didn't say the puppy in the stroller. I said the service dog in training in a stroller. So as we go around, because I said go to lane one is the wheelchair lane. So we're going over to lane one to go through the metal detector. And the supervisor said to the police officer, and he said, there's only two questions you can ask when it comes to service dogs in training. Is that a service dog required because of a disability? And what task or work has the dog been trained to perform? And the guy said, well, that's not what she said. I stopped the wheelchair and I spun around my head, not the whole chair. And I waited because if, if she was me or Karen or Bailey's owner, we were going to be having words. But I believe he meant the ADA supervisor. So I continued on. 
And that was it for the questions about the wheelchair. Now, <laughs> there's people online who are getting their little panties in a wad that we had dogs out at four and a half months old. We had them out. Gosh, Siren and Diana were there. I think they were seven weeks old. <laughs> Why? Because I'm a professional. I know what I'm doing. Uh, Karen's a professional. She knows what she's doing. And we do it the right way, guys. If you have a problem with having a puppy out, in a stroller, then don't do it. See how easy that is? Guess what? I don't like riding in a car. Cars are too low to the ground. It's a pain to get in and out of because, you know, I hurt and it's hard to store my wheelchair in it. So I think cars shouldn't be allowed. I think nobody should ride cars. How crazy is that? A lot of people drive cars and really like them. Nope, I think they should be made illegal. I don't like them. Tough luck. Okay. That's your opinion. You know what they say about opinions. So if you don't like it, don't do it. I like it. For us, it works. For us, it works very well. Like I said, we have permission from Universal. We have permission from Disney, even though the state of Florida gives us permission uh, to do it. Uh, and so we do take the puppies to the parks. Now, we are always prepared to leave immediately if we need to. So we got in. We went to uh, Universal. We, we got the whole way. We stopped at Starbucks. And then we sat out there at least a half hour. Uh, we got the frozen chai drinks and, you know, we just, we nursed them, right? We're just sipping them. We got puppuccinos for the dogs. So we fed those to them and there was a hot set going on. So we were debating on what it was. Uh, and then we walked over to the Seuss area. So giving him, so he walked from, he didn't walk, he rode, right? All the way in, we got into the parks. Oh, we also got our disability access pass and such. But we got in and we uh, we got the Starbucks and we sat there for a while. So that was the extent of our super fun. And then we walked over to the Seuss area. We pottied them. We did the the three rides. We pottied us, pottied them again. You know, and it was just, it was an easy day. And if at any point any of the dogs were stressed, it was very easy to leave. Okay. Uh, because Universal, while yes, you have to walk through a city walk, it's not a long walk. It's pretty short. So we... We're leaving Seuss area and we were going to be coming home. We were debating where we wanted to stop to eat. And guess what? The Green Eggs and Ham store was open and that one has tater tot stuff. So it's like tater tot pizza. They had tater tot hoo hash. And because it's tater tot pizza, it's gluten free. And so Karen and I are both gluten free. So we got those. We got some waters and we ate and it was super amazingly awesome. But, you know, that was the extent of it. Fluffy did amazing. I cannot believe how fantastic he did. Um, he was very well rested the whole time. He wasn't snarky. He went potty only where he was supposed to. There were no accidents whatsoever. He walked a bit. He got to see some of the characters. You know, we got some cute pictures of him. It was a fantastic time. It was a fantastic experience for him. And he was safe. He was protected. Like I said, he had his ice bottle uh, to lay on. Uh, he was he was hydrated well. He was in a stroller, and because it's right all along the the lake there, he was getting breeze. On, you know, there was some breeze coming off of the lake because we were on the rides. There was some breeze coming because of the rides. It was phenomenal. It was so good. Really, really enjoyed it. Uh, one question we were asked just now here is: On average, how old is a fully trained service dog? So, how old is it until they are fully trained? It all depends on the dog and on the services, on the tasks that the dog is providing. A lot of times what I tell people is we start training at eight months old. 
eight months old, at eight weeks old, go paw there, right? Eight weeks old is when we start training. Why? Because the puppies are always learning and they're either going to learn what you want them to learn or they're going to learn stuff that you don't want them to do. So we like to start them as young as possible at eight weeks. Uh, those first, until they're six months old, so that first four months with you, socialization and environmental exposure are key. That is the big thing that you need to focus on. And what is environmental exposure? What is socialization? Well, a lot of people assume socialization means meeting dogs and meeting people and having people pet the dogs and having dogs play with the puppy. That is not socialization. So that's why we're changing the word to environmental exposure. And that means going to stores, going to parks, getting used to the sounds of the dings and the booms and the whistles and the yeehaws, uh, the washer, the dryer, seeing things but not interacting with them. That is environmental exposure. And that is your top concern for those first four months. Potty training and socialization. Uh, yes, we want to teach the dogs. And yes, the more you teach the dogs, the more they learn how to learn and the easier it is. But don't expect to get adult level performance, adult level behaviors out of a three month old puppy. It's not going to happen and you're going to be set up for failure. Now the girls now, since they've been about five months old, we've started asking more of them. Excuse me, but they're still, they're still puppies. Until they're about six months old, they have a puppy pass. And as long as they're not obnoxious, we're good. You know, yes, I'll use training tools with them. Yes, I'll do, you know, the structured walks. And, you know, well, yeah, they're, they're I think Diana is. I know Siren's already on e-collar, you know? So we want to ask more. So six months old, when we start board and train, usually for the service puppies, sometimes older, but six months is the minimum age I will take them in for service dog training. And that'll bring us six months to seven and a half months-ish for the five weeks, right? So seven and a half months, then they come back, they go through the month-long 30-day training program at home. So that would bring us to about eight and a half months. And for some of them, they're ready. Not all of them. Uh, some dogs, and they're still puppies. So this is one thing you have to understand is they're still puppies. So while, yes, they can have public access down very good, they can have one or two tasks down pretty decent. They are still puppies and you cannot stress your puppy out or you will burn out your dog. <clears throat> I like to add little things like that, but notice that's going to be it for him. He didn't do anything the two days before or the day before. Yeah, the two days before because we were at, uh, you know, it was the weekend. Uh, we didn't do anything today with him. You know, now he has a couple easy days to relax and to have fun and then Karen can take him somewhere else. She might, her and, and her husband, Barry, they might go to the grocery store and one of them go in and get something and the other one just take him out in the parking lot or take him into the store and walk around and come back out again or just walk through the get doors and come back out again. You know, you've got a lot of options, but it's not how long can my dog go? It's just let's expose her to this. Now let's expose her to that. It's like eating appetizers when you're at a Christmas party. One of this and one of this and one of this. You don't take a whole tray and go usually. So, so you have that. Uh, by a year, some dogs are doing well. By two years, they should be good. Like, they should be trained by two years old. Some dogs, it's by three years old. So how long does it take? The dogs are always learning. Even Gypsy, we still work on things. You know, she's three now. We still work on things. We still fine-tune things. I still train her new things because it's fun and she enjoys it. I'm not going to tell her, oh, training's over. You never learn another new thing or experience something new again. Well, she just experienced sea lions and seals and the shows and the penguins. 
she hadn't been exposed to this before. She hadn't seen them before. So service dog training never ends. When can the dog work for you? Lightly, part-time-ish, maybe around eight months to a year. You know, more definite between a year and two years. You know, even if you're doing mobility stuff, then you're hitting probably around three years. So that's a long answer to a short question. But yeah, yeah, it's it, how long? And then part of it too is you have to be prepared to wash the dog if needed. Um, and that doesn't mean that he's going to smell good <laughs> at all. And it means that if the dog isn't performing how we want him to, you have to, you have to wash him. You have to say, nope, you're not going to be a service dog anymore. And often I get people who ask, what's your success rate? What's your success rate? Well, your success rate, uh, you're welcome, Karen. My success rate's going to vary because I'm working with owner trainers. If I have somebody who listens to what I tell them to do and does it and has a dog who is good for it, they're going to have a higher success rate than somebody who says, what breed should I get as a service dog? And you know what? What's my answer, guys? Golden Retriever, Yellow Lab, or a Poodle. And they say, well, I want to go get a Jack Russell. I think that'd be a great service dog for mobility. <laughs> so you said a what now? You know, no, come on. You know, or they say, well, look, I got this rescue dog. Okay, well, what's the health on the rescue dog? I don't know. You know, we had a dog recently, and this is what prompted our post through the Hope Instagram. Um, we had a dog who uh, had started with us, was doing well. And really well, like he's a, he's a great little dog. He's been not little, he's little cause he's young, right? He's a great dog. He'd been doing fantastic work and we were so happy with how he was doing. And his owner reached out to us and said, the dog has been suffering some, from some night blindness. Okay. And she didn't know what was going on. So she went to the vet and the vet was going to do some testing, but they think the dog has this progressive retinal atrophy, the PRA, and is going to be blind. And while the dog is maybe around six months, I don't even think six months old yet, this is progressing so rapidly that the dog will be fully blind. And this is a dog who's in our service dog program. So therefore the dog can't be in the service dog program anymore. Does that mean that the dog is a washout? Yeah. Does that mean the dog's a washout because of us? Nope. Because of the owner? Nope. Because of the breeder? Yep. So one of the things that, this is what I had posted under the Hope Instagram. If you want to look and find it, it's a great picture of Fluffy. And you can see uh, the cat in the hat and thing one and thing two in the background. And they're listening to a woman who you can't tell because there's a Christmas tree in the way, but she's telling a story of all the places that you'll go. It's a story time reading. And so we got a great picture of Fluffy there, focused in a downstay, watching Karen. It is beautiful. And the the picture says a good dog starts with clear genetics and complete health testing. And the reason we got Fluffy is because of the, he's clear and he should hit excellent hips. He should pass all of his health testing with fine colors. So we got him to be uh, the, uh, the stud dog in the future. Whenever he's two years old, he will breed with the girls 
Um, so Siren and Diana right now, his, his friends and his sister will be baby mama for him. Which, you know, you got to think ahead. You've got to plan ahead. And the reason we went with him is he came from the same line, from the same breeder, not the same lines, but the same breeder as the girls from Tram and Kennels over in, I believe they're in the Ukraine. And they're a great kennel. People love their dogs. And his temperament is just unbelievable. His temperament is so amazing. So a good dog starts with clear genetics and a complete health testing. So here's what I wrote, genetics. Did you know there are genetic health tests that your breeder can do so you don't get a puppy affected with a totally preventable, life-changing disease? Ichthyosis, Latin is icky, is fish, right? Ichthyosis is a fish scale skin condition. Now this isn't written, but what happens is it starts with flakes and it'll get to where you have scaly patches on the dog instead of fur and it'll cause a thickening. So if that happens maybe around their elbow, they might have a harder time moving their elbow. And it'll also happen on the pads of their feet. So the pads of their feet will get thick, which is gonna affect their gait as well. And you can't eliminate it once they have it. Once they have it, they have it. It's a genetic thing, which I'll talk about in a minute. But once they have it, they have it. You cannot eliminate it. So you can't give him a shot and he doesn't have it anymore. It's genetic. PRA1 and PRA2, and there's another one like PRCD, causes vision loss and blindness. And that's what the one client we think her dog is going through right now, which I have to reach out to her and find out what's going on, uh, how he's doing. Uh, degenerative myopathy affects the spinal cord and leads to hind end weakness and paralysis. Rich said he thinks that's probably what Zoe has, our, our one border collie. We did not do a genetic panel on her um, because she's 15. Muscular dystrophy causes progressive muscle, muscle weakness and loss of muscle mass. So these, what, total of one, two, three, four, five, six tests, if you count the three PRAs, are all things that we test our Goldens for and that are totally preventable. Totally preventable. Absolutely 100% preventable. So this is what else I wrote. We test all of our parents so they do not pass these genes onto their puppies. To be affected, the puppy must inherit one gene from mom and the other gene from dad. So preventing these two, these terrible, terrible diseases is as easy as not breeding two carriers together. I mean, of course, affected dogs shouldn't be bred, but if you do breed an effective dog who has two copies of that gene, breed him, don't breed him to a carrier, breed him to a clear dog, and he will just give carrier status. He cannot give affected status. Uh, make sure your breeder tests for this. So we use Embark, Embark test. There, there's other ones. Um, we've used other ones in the past, but we're using Embark now. And Fluffy is clear of these terrible diseases, of all of them. And when he passes his other health tests, so we'll do hip, elbow, eyes, and heart. And we'll do that for the girls as well. And he's two. He'll be ready for breeding. And that's something that we're adamant about. We're, we're service dogs, you know. That's what we're here for, is to breed service dogs for people, pet dogs, therapy dogs for people. You cannot have a service dog who has one of these totally preventable conditions. Totally preventable. Totally. And that's why, because you guys know, because I've talked about it, why Ginger needed an outside stud, why we went with Banks. If we would have gone Ginger, Seth, they're both ichthyosis carriers. So being ichthyosis carriers, 
they could have had dogs who were not affected, dogs who were carriers, but they could have had affected dogs as well. And how terrible would that be? That, you know, if we run the panels and find out that most of the litter, all of the litter, none of the litter, we're, well, that would be good, but we're, we're affected. That's how long of stress to, to go through for, for nothing. So no, that's why we pulled in an outside stud for ginger. And, uh, you know, we, thanks, was ichthyosis clear? And we wanted that. We wanted to make sure that our puppies would not suffer from something that was this preventable. Now, there's other things. The hips, that is, what do they call it? Polygenic. Poly means many, right? Uh, many genes affects it. Hips aren't just a product of the genes that, you know, one set of genes from your mom, one set of genes from your dad. Hips are a lot of genes, polygenes, and also environmental. So it's not just the genetic part of it. It's also the environmental aspect of it. So you could feed crappy food. Your dog could be 100 pounds overweight. Your dog could be running on concrete all the time. And those are going to make it harder, you know, for your dog. It's going to be harder for your dog. It's going to high, uh, up the chances of having hip issues. If you keep your dog at a good weight, if you watch how he exercises and don't keep him on concrete too long, especially while he's growing, don't let him um, hurt himself. Like don't jump off of the bed onto the ceramic tile floor, you know, um, don't let him jump in and out of the car on his own, lift him in and out of the car. You know, that's going to be a lot easier for you and easier for him and easier for his hips. So there are some things like we guarantee that our dogs will not suffer from one of those genetic diseases. There's actually more that we guarantee that they won't suffer from. But those are the ones that I was looking up today uh, while Rich was <laughs> at the dentist getting a filling replaced because we want, we need, we need to have good dogs. You need to have good dogs. Okay, so many are terrible dogs because they have issues and not because they're bad dogs or anything, but we can't have dogs who have these issues. So if you look on our site under breeding and under breeding program, we do have a lifetime genetic disorder health guarantee. Your puppy is guaranteed to never receive an affected test result for any genetic disease listed below. For Goldens, we're talking about that degenerative myopathy the PRA1 and PRA2, which is the golden retriever, progressive retinal atrophy, the ichthyosis, the muscular dystrophy, now I talked about all those, and the progressive retinal atrophy, the PRCD, we talked about that too. We also test for dystrophic epidermiolysis bullosa, neuronal ceroid liposuphilosis, I'm not the nurse, Karen should be here, and osteogenesis imperfecta, which is brittle bone disease. We guarantee that our puppies will not have any of those because we don't breed carrier to carrier. That's how you get it. Or carrier to afflicted. The only thing you could breed carrier to clear and you'd be fine. And if you remember your little Mendel squares, remember he did the peas with the short peas and the tall peas and you guys did that in science school. Yeah, it's the same. It's the, the cross thingy, right? So, so we do have a lifetime guarantee on that because guess what? Genes aren't going to change. So, so we have that, and, and it's something that we, we firmly believe in, is that if you're buying a puppy, you need to be buying the best puppy. Uh, we want top quality dogs with excellent health, temperament, and trainability. Uh, so we health test all of them, okay? 
um, are, are adults have either their prelims, which is only because of COVID shutting down non-essential vet procedures or, you know, certified free of hip dysplasia from LFA. Their eyes are certified by licensed canine ophthalmologists and their heart clearances for any sign of heart problems by licensed canine cardiologists. And then we did those genetic screenings looking for over 175 genetic mutations associated with these diseases and other diseases. And then we do so much stuff whenever they're puppies and we do all the testing and we want to have the best puppies out there. We do. And that brings me to, I have some kind of exciting news. We have a board meeting this week and we're going to talk to the board. Uh, we have a line. So not a line. It's a really good on another female that we could bring into our breeding program. Okay. Uh, she costs a lot. So we're going to start doing some fundraising to see if we can cover that and, uh, you know, see, see what happens with everything. Uh, we have Siren and Diana and Princess Poopyfoot, otherwise known as Snowflake, uh, who is up with my parents right now, who are potential breeders, but they are almost six months old. So we still have a year and a half out before we can breed them, but they still have to pass all their health testing. So at a year, we can do, I think we can do the eyes and the heart at over a year. And then at two-ish, we can do the uh, the heart or the hips and the elbows. We could do prelims before then, but then we have to do the realsies unless we do the pen hip. So so we've got, we got an early pen hip and we're going to redo it to see because people told us after we did it, no, you don't do it at 16 weeks old. That's four months, you know, wait until they're older, it'll change. But we do have, you know, the initial testing there. So we'll see what happens because we want to have the best. I do. I don't want to have second best. I want the best. I'm, I can be very competitive. Uh, and I try not to be, but I am. I am competitive. Okay. Questions. So we talked about Fluffy in the parks. We talked about genetic issues with dogs. Sea uh, World and Universal and genetic issues. Uh, we want the dogs to be fantastic. I really do. Because you guys deserve that. There's nothing worse than whenever people get a dog. It's happened. We had a German Shepherd. A client had come out with a German Shepherd on our, their second session. He was romping a bit playing before it was time to work. And I'm watching him and he's has a funny gait in the back. He's hippie hopping, bunny hopping. And I said... We're going to do a really light session, but you need to get him to your vet and have him clear his hips at this point. Make sure everything's good. And guess what? Nope, he he wasn't. He needed um, he needed to be washed out as a service dog because of the hips. And that's hard because you have something they had already paid. They had already paid for training from another trainer. You know, they were starting to work with us because we do the service dog stuff. The dog was maybe eight or nine months old, like I said, German Shepherd. And, and it's terrible. You know, you lose that momentum. You're putting so much hope, money, time, effort, you know, the dreams of a better, better life, Lucia, dreams of a better life into this puppy. You need to start with the best, with the best puppies possible. Lucy says, that's one of my puppies. Hi, hi, sweetheart. They're so good. Uh, so that is our webinar for tonight. And it'll become our podcast for tomorrow. <laughs> but uh, we'll be back on Saturday, which is Halloween. So oh, maybe we'll talk about what to do Halloween with your dog. 
I don't know. But we'll do something fun. Uh, and yeah, if you guys have any questions, any ideas topic-wise that you would like to hear about, let me know. I'm always available. No, I'm not. You can message here. If you message here, tag me or just message me because that's easier because sometimes it doesn't ding me whenever I have new comments. Okay. So I will see you guys. Have a fantastic evening and have a great rest of October. Can you believe? So much Christmas. So much Christmas. April Christmas. Uh, you can follow us, Hope Service Dogs, on Facebook, on Instagram. Uh, there is a Hope Service Dogs up in Wisconsin. That is not us. I noticed some of my friends are following them. I'm like, wrong Hope Service Dogs. We're the one in Florida. Our logo is a person in a wheelchair and a golden retriever in a vest. Um, that's called Gypsy. It's a pen drawing. But uh, it's purple. That's us. Um, the other one isn't. And uh, so Hope Service Dogs or Heart and Soul Dog Training. Uh, Instagram, Facebook, the YouTubes. The website we're all over the place guys and we have some swag coming uh well we have some swag in that we're going to be putting out there see people want um send out for likes and shares and stuff all that good stuff okay so i will see you guys on saturday take care